0: Welcome to a brand new episode of Big Biz Podcast. I'm your host Bharat and today I'm super pumped to discuss some burning topics in business with Uday Sodhi, the man who built and let Sony Pictures' OTT platform Sony live for five years. Before that, he was the CEO of Head Honchos and also the CEO of New Media at Balaji Telefilms. I feel like it's a great day to pick his brains on the future of media, e-commerce, digital marketing... And I'm sure his decades-long rich experience will give you all a full-throttle, action-packed conversation. So stay tuned till the end as he shares hacks, ideas, and a lot more for navigating 2020. And by the way, he's also an active angel investor and a seed investor in my company. So let's dive right into this. Excited to have you on the show, there. Yeah, good to be here. Awesome. So first things first, um, you know, share something interesting about yourself that most people don't know.
1: Wow, that's a tough one. But, uh, you know, uh, we're not celebrities that live two lives, but uh, we live a fairly open, transparent life. So, you know, I the interesting thing right now for me is that I've just completed 30 years of working.
0: Oh, wow, that's great.
1: That that's actually makes me feel very old. But uh, the interesting thing is, uh, I started working the year, I I started working in 1990, which is roughly the time when the Indian entire liberalization and all of that started. And uh, it's been 30 years and we have seen the entire journey from the 90s to now 2020 to the corona. So I think milestones in our lives uh, from 2000 from 1990 to 2020 right 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 yeah 20 years of working 20 years out of that have been in digital businesses built about five digital businesses and have invested in close to about 40 startups
0: wow 40 startups that's that's a big number
1: <laughs> yeah
0: awesome awesome so quickly, they, uh, you, know, you know, we're dealing with a crisis uh, that is unprecedented. I think everyone around the globe agrees to the fact that it's, um, it's going to be difficult times for businesses uh, going from here on. Um, so in a post-coronavirus world, how do you think businesses will need to transform digitally? Um, and what will it take for these businesses to go through that transformation?
1: I think one of the key things that's going to happen post corona, uh, is that businesses will stop looking at digital as another, as another division, as another function, as another team within the organization. My guess is, uh, we will see digital as the cent, as the fulcrum, as the key strategy that will drive companies going forward. Uh, this is probably the moment for digital transformation, much like what uh, demonetization was for the fintech uh, company, right. and, and and so we're we're probably going to see that huge movement for companies uh, towards digital transformation. Uh, you must be you're aware that I've just started a digital transformation organization company. Uh, right. Right, company called curate Digital, which basically looks at helping companies uh, go digital in a big way and transform their their businesses into a digital way. The other piece right. I think is the government is going to double up uh, and uh, do more and more uh, or move more and more services on digital. We saw that uh, in the last uh, maybe decade or that a lot of services, e-governance moved online, uh, taxation moved online, right? payment services like UPI came online, a lot of uh, 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 government payouts, direct payouts to people uh, went online. So I think uh, there will be a significant movement. Mm-hmm. The next big thing is probably going to be services like education on online, uh, which right. will drive uh, a lot of adoption. So I think we're getting into uh, a great uh, space because most companies are going to be transformed significantly. It's going to be painful for them. Uh, mm-hmm, it's, mm-hmm. going become, it's going to become essential.
0: Right. And what do you think? Uh, you know what? What will companies that haven't looked at digital as you know, like the key, uh, you know, as a key aspect of their businesses, what will it take take for them to go through this transformation? Um, you know, especially organizations that have been, let's say, um, you know, been there for a long time, uh, haven't been able to kind of move the needle when it comes to digital. What will it take for these organizations, this leadership to say, you know, now is when is the time. And if not now, then probably they'll be dead.
1: I think uh, this is a leadership challenge for most organizations. Uh, And uh, the, the, this 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 whole digital transformation is going to be driven top down uh-huh. uh, we will see this becoming a board issue this will become an issue which will be discussed at cxo levels management committee levels and it will uh, probably then take it down uh, and become key to most organization strategy and become the fulcrum of all execution the challenge that most companies are going to face is that all customers and all the consumers that they have will expect interactions between them and the organization to be on a digital platform. And if companies right. are not ready to provide this interaction uh, on online or on a digital uh-huh. platform, I think companies will go out of the consideration set and the others will pick up. So I think this is a great space for smaller companies who are digitally smart, Uh larger companies.
0: Right, right, right. And, uh, you know, that's a very valid point. I think also that this is going to be a huge leadership challenge uh, rather than anything else. And it will be addressed in companies where the leadership is more mature in terms of addressing this issue. Um, but do you think there will be companies that will be able to kind of not just survive, uh, but also thrive and rise above this crisis? Um, and is it possible in the near term, let's say 12 months uh, kind of a scenario? And do you think there is a possibility that some companies also might have a blowout here, despite massive disruptions in our lives? So th- that's That's
1: always possible. But you know the the challenge for most companies in in a disruptive year, for, you know, for leaderships would be in two directions. One uh, for leaders, I think one challenge would be market facing challenge or out outward looking challenge for a leader today would be to protect market share, uh, protect the value that they deliver to their clients or customers, uh, and and protect their partnerships and businesses and whatever distribution they have so I think from an outward perspective as a company it will be very important for you to go into a protection mode
0: mm-hmm.
1: and if you can do that for the next one year uh, most mid sized large companies I would recommend that they go into a protect mode okay. uh, looking outward uh, so Okay. looking inward for an organization it's important when you're looking inward to get stuff done i think mm-hmm. the thing for companies is going to be let's get stuff done which we would normally not be able to do
0: okay okay that's a that's a uh, very important point i feel
1: yeah so today you have to be able to invest internally into systems into processes uh, into upgrading skills finding the right talent finding new talent which will be needed in the post-corona era and basically sharpening your knife. This is the right Uh to sharpen your knife because uh, when the things start opening up and when the market starts opening up uh, in next year or two, uh, you have to be right at the edge. You have to be right uh, when the battle starts off. You have to have all your guns and knives and swords Uh, sharp on and ready to fight the battle so I think inward I would focus on getting your systems upgraded make sure your people's skills are upgraded get your talent in place uh, train them properly uh, get all the pieces of the puzzle sorted out things which you could never do upgrade for the big race
0: right 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 I think this is a very valid point and I think a lot of organizations uh, would need into this, to just sum up, sum this up for our audience. Um, so, go into protection mode. Look inward. Do stuff that you would not normally do. Um, you know, sharpen your knives and upgrade skills of your leadership. I think all of these points are very valuable there. Um, now, jumping on to something that is interesting for a lot of budding entrepreneurs out there. Uh, you know, who are looking to build businesses. We'll also see. I think um, you know massive layoffs uh, going from here on. And, um, you know, although, you know, this is never good, but there is some uh, silver lining in this and that is that a lot of companies will be built, you know, for the next decade or so from here on. What are some of the opportunities in digital media and entertainment you see right now?
1: So the opportunities are huge. So try and understand digital media and... Uh... Digital entertainment today is probably 20,000, 25,000 crores as a market size. That market is expected to be a 60,000 crore market in three years from now. Okay. So, even in this difficult situation, this market is going to be growing at a breakneck speed. uh, Uh Significant opportunities will come in in the entire ecosystem
0: any specific sectors that you would focus on right now if you had the opportunity to build a company
1: so you would focus significantly on uh, technology related to anything related to video gaming entertainment okay. uh, i uh, you, you would spend a fair amount of time on content so there are three four inputs that go into Uh, the video and entertainment space or the gaming and entertainment space uh, that's driven by revenues coming from subscription. It's driven by revenues coming from advertising. So all of that drives a lot of value. There are lots of people in that value chain on ad tech, on video delivery, video compression, on on tools to help better discover all the content that's going to be out there. Uh, Plus, the whole content space is open. So all those right. in filmmaking, ad creation, uh, branded content, all of them should now right. be looking at what they can do on the digital side.
0: Right, right, right. So there's Correct.
1: There's technology side, there's an ad tech side, and there's a content side. I would urge people to look at this because this industry is going to go 3, 4x in the next 3 years.
0: Correct. So, uh, you know, that's pretty helpful. Um, just going back to your uh, role at Sony Live, and, uh, you know, Sony Live was um, is currently an, under your leadership was one of the fastest growing platforms out there in terms of data and, uh, you know, also in terms of adoption. Can you tell us, like, what were some of the key reasons why it was, uh, you know, so sharp, and uh, what did you do differently in those five years under your leadership?
1: The interesting part about uh, the Sony Live journey was uh, we saw the entire uh, pre-GEO and post-GEO phase. So, uh, that for me was one great uh, revelation. I think what we did right was we thought through, we knew what was going to come in because of the OV. We anticipated that entire uh, growth and were were ready with a very strong platform. I think we invested a lot of time, effort on building the platform. Uh, And because of that, when the geo burst came in and the post geo burst came in, (laughs) uh, we, we could focus on getting in the best kind of content. So on the content front, I think our strategy of focusing in the first phase of our growth on television and sports uh, drew mm-hmm. a huge amount of loyalty, huge amount of, uh, you know, habit, because sports is something that very easily brings in regular users and habitual users. So we were able to build uh, with uh, football and tennis and cricket, we were able to build huge loyalty and I think that mm-hmm. A, a huge fraction. Uh, TV is always a huge driver of content, and you know, people uh, catch up TV is one of the largest categories even today in terms of consumption. So, right. so we, we built it from that, those two content pillars, and behind that content pillar, we built a beautiful platform, and
0: invested mm-hmm.
1: time and effort on building that platform that drove consumption. Uh, in a huge way once the infrastructure started falling into place on 5G, so i think it was a great combination of investing in technology focusing on the right content and waiting for the ecosystem to fall into place
0: right right great so uh you know coming coming to the point of leadership again uh you know you've also been the ceo of head honchos and have had spent considerable time with leadership and, uh, you know, key uh, company personnel. So uh, at this point in time, you know, what are the top three things you look for in senior leadership in the times of crisis?
1: I would, you know, these are very challenging times. So in challenging times, uh, what do you expect from senior leaders? One, I think it's important to keep focusing on the results. Uh, it's important to keep your eye on the ball and make sure that you're you're getting the results uh, that you require. Number two, because the environment is so noisy right now and in times it does get negative, uh, mm-hmm. it's important to communicate. It's important to keep your team engaged. It's important to make sure that you're talking to everybody in the team you're overdoing that as much as you can build a certain trust and transparency with your team. Uh, right. Not only your team, all your stakeholders. Talk to them as much as you can because that will make sure that you're uh, you know, staying focused. Uh, any doubts you have, anything you have, so over-communicate and be transparent mm. is the second thing that I would do. And the third thing that I would look at is the leadership's ability to take tough decisions. Uh, right. It's will expect this will require some very very tough decisions and i would imagine uh it's going to be on the senior leadership to take these tough decisions to ensure they're delivering on the results.
0: right right very very interesting points there i think uh you know nobody can disagree more right now that uh you can can agree more rather that uh all of this is ex- extremely going to be essential for leaders and um, focusing on the results, eye on the ball, transparency, over-communicating and tough decision-making are going to be the talk of the town, you know, in boardrooms. Um, so, right, so what are your learnings, you know, uh, three decades, long career so far? Um, what are your top three learnings with respect to crisis management? Uh, any anecdotal experience that you can share, um, you know, in retrospect that went right or went wrong um, or anything that can help, you know, audiences to understand that crisis management is 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 something that comes with experience and also with um, not knowing the end result of, you know, that decision, not knowing the outcome, but you still have to take those decisions. So what do you think?
1: So the first thing I keep telling people in a crisis is just stay calm. Okay. Anybody involved in a crisis you can only take the right decisions. Think of the bigger. Right. Think of the big picture. Uh, keep telling yourself that this will pass because we right. all know sometimes don't last forever. So right. if we are in the middle of a crisis. Just stay calm. This will pass. Which means that you need to take two, three very, very quick decisions. You need to take the decisions on what will impact the long term viability of your company, what what are the decisions that you need to take to ensure that you will last this crisis. You have to pass through this. So if you think that the crisis is going to last six months, then you need to be able to see the end of the tunnel. So what decisions do you need to take for that? Therefore, by panicking, you're not going to be able to take those decisions. You need to be calm, take those decisions, and right those tough calls right away. I call this focus on survival. In a crisis, focus on survival. Do what's right for the consumer. Do what's important for the survival of your company and stay calm. Stay calm because that calmness is what passes on to everybody else in the team, passes on to everybody else who are working around you and they know that this will pass. So I think it's an important piece in crisis management, we've seen all sorts of disasters in our lives. Apps yeah. go down, and business not working, and our lives are all working on the internet. And sometimes we find the internet is not working at a critical <laughs> time. And, you know, your servers are down, and you know your customers are screaming, and all of that. Uh, but today we are finding a larger crisis than few servers going down. So I think it's important. The rules are the same. Stay calm. Take tough decisions. Make sure you're focusing on the best interest of your customers because when you get out of this problem, they are the ones who are going to take you to the next level and focus on survival.
0: Right, right, yeah. great. I think um, a lot of talk about COVID nineteen and the impact of it. Now, uh, you know, I'll quickly jump to something that's uh, you know something that's very exciting for you because uh, you know you've funded forty uh, companies. You've Angel invested, seed invested, or been a part of larger rounds. Um, what are the top three things you focus on when investing? Uh, you know, in in the companies. So
1: I wish I wish this whole angel investing thing is a science. It's, it's <laughs> probably a lot to do with uh, you know uh, what your feel of the market is and how you interpret the market. Uh, so two three things that I keep looking at or I must do when I check box an investment the first mm-hmm. is on the founder and the team and the people who I'm backing that comes number one uh, who am I investing behind who are the people who are others who are investing in it I think those are the important. right the, uh, the second thing that I keep looking at is space uh, it's this alien to me uh is this something which has natural momentum? So, uh, one of the things that I keep picking off when I make an investment is, is there natural momentum in this segment, in this category? Uh, does it have some sort of event behind it to take it to the next level?
0: <laughs> uh, also,
1: does the does team, which is the category in which uh, uh, or the the company in which I'm investing and the team behind which I'm investing, do they stand a huh. the chance of winning? Right. Uh, sometimes uh, the teams are very good and the categories are very large, but because there are such huge players in that space and they are the 10th player or the 20th player in that market, the chances of winning and creating a breakthrough are low. So you want to invest in companies where you believe that there is a chance of a win or a
0: breakthrough. Right.
1: My three rooms.
0: All right. So you're saying that team, uh, you know, is number one. Then there is an understanding of the space, which is to do with the market, and third, you're saying that uh, natural momentum, um, no. that 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 is there, or the amalgamation of the team and the market. Yeah.
1: So the natural momentum, which allows them to, gives okay. them. Uh, a chance of winning you know right there has to be a chance of winning because you're really backing very early stage companies uh you right. really have a chance of creating a product or a service uh, something out there which will give them a breakthrough because that's where you get the value for the returns
0: right to just to uh, get more uh, you know thoughts on this What do you think happens when, you know, an entrepreneur or a founder, which is, uh, you know, a big challenge that a lot of young entrepreneurs and founders face is when they start out, they look at a market from, uh, you know, a very narrow perspective or they uh, operate in a very specific niche of a very large market, right? Uh, and initially it might not, you know, at the seed stage, it might not be very clear as to where this market can go, or where the team, uh, or the founders would eventually take it to, which we also call pivots, right? There are some, um, natural pivots that happen as the company grows and, uh, you know, those are, those result in huge, uh, upswings in the, uh, company's journey, right? Uh, how much value would you give? to this aspect of running, you know, a startup initially, would you uh, be inclined towards founders and entrepreneurs who are doing something, you know, in a specific niche, which at the outset does not look like a massive market? Uh, or do you want the founders to have figured out exactly where the markets will go?
1: It's very unlikely. That it's So it's very unlikely that at this stage at which most of us end up investing, uh, the companies turn out exactly how they planned it. Uh, most right. of the time, and I would imagine almost half the time, they end up pivoting in some way or the other. Uh, and right. Which is why you invest behind the people and the team so much. Because you believe that those guys who are running the company know what they're doing and will be able to quickly pivot in case they don't find the magic is happening. So, so which is where I said that, you know, you have to back the category in which you're in the com- the category in which the company is working, and the people uh-huh. to be able to create that breakthrough, and it comes right. with that combination. Uh, if 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 the com- if the team feels that no, they're operating in a category which is not really breaking through, then they should be able to pivot quickly. And most of the times, you'll find that. Uh, uh, you know investors will support you will support the team to take that quick pivot and move on
0: right 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 great so awesome Uday. it's been great it's been a cracker so far um here's the last question for this episode um you know question that i personally am the most excited about uh, and this is all uh, you know this is for all those budding entrepreneurs and uh, you know promoters and startup employees Um, and young college graduates out there, you know, who, who are looking forward for some hope and motivation right now, you know, in these tough times, right? So, um, so, so tell me if you could time travel back to, uh, you know, the first day of your first job, um, you know, and have 15 minutes with your, um, with your former self, right? Uh, To tell yourself any lessons or to give yourselves any uh, advice at that time, right? 30 years back. So uh, what would you do differently?
1: So you know, uh, if I look back thirty years, uh, I, I wouldn't change one thing in my life, and I would love to live it all over again. Uh, but uh, if I, if you forced me, I would <laughs> tell myself at that point and take more risks. Uh, born okay. in a different era, and you know, we were born, we were we started working in 1990, and the business environment was very different in this country. And the opportunities are very different in this country. Uh, I think people who are now getting into the workforce and are in their 20s and 30s, I think they're living a a dream right now. The environment is amazing. The the opportunities are huge. The ability to, uh, you know, the number of, the amount of money floating around to invest behind good people uh, and good projects is huge. There are so many, so much, so many support teams out there, people who are ready to support these entrepreneurs out there. So I think this is the best time for being a 25, 28, 30 year old person uh, with ideas. Go convert those ideas into businesses. There are so many people out there who are ready to support you and, and uh, make the most of it. Don't worry about COVID and don't worry about the other challenges. If COVID comes, create a healthcare startup. If something else happens, create something else. But uh, the opportunities are huge uh, and uh, this is the best time to be in it.
0: Awesome. It's been great today. It's been, I think, an absolute pleasure uh, to hear your thoughts. Uh, a lot of uh, points covered in these what, 28 minutes so far and uh, you know, it's it's been very helpful to me and I think a lot of our audience will find all of this extremely useful in these tough times and uh, I hope uh, you know, you continue to do great with your company and your startup and uh, you know, we wish you all the best and uh, hope to be in touch with you.
1: Yeah, thanks, Bharat. I can now go back to
0: my Rage Coffee. <laughs> Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Bye. Lots of great pointers there from Uday. If you enjoyed this conversation as much as I did, don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast. And not to forget, it's always lovely to have your feedback. I will catch you in the next episode. Till then, keep hustling.